Hello, and welcome to the Evolve and Elevate podcast. I am Jacob Fry, your show host and humble servant. I have an unwavering belief that no matter where you are, who you are, what you have, or what the story of your past may hold, you have the ability and inner strength to design and realize your best self tomorrow, if only you will put in the effort today. Hey there, and welcome to Season 2 of the E&E Podcast. I hope you had a wonderful, productive end of 2021 and are crushing it in the new year. This year's season is going to be formatted a little differently than the last. During the next 15 episodes, I'm going to read through the book, Silver Linings, Finding Growth Within Dysfunction, that I self-published towards the end of last year. I'll open with some thoughts, read a handful of chapters, then elaborate and share other stories and thoughts from my time that didn't quite, didn't quite make the book. Before diving into the book, I want to give you a quick update on the Evolve and Elevate journey. Moving to Phoenix from New York July of last year, I'm pretty well settled now. I will say I highly recommend the area. It's gorgeous, the people are extremely friendly, and it's almost always warm. However, having been raised in the Midwest, and after moving after a couple winters in New York, think twice about moving to Arizona in July. It's hot. And as one wise man said that I recently met, it takes a year or two for your blood to boil and adapt to the 115 degree dry heat. But seriously, Phoenix, Arizona has been amazing. I've been working on getting integrated into the community through volunteer work where I can. Shout out to Junior Achievement of Arizona for getting me and giving me a platform to speak to high school students about money management and economics. Also, a shout out to New Pathways for Youth for giving me the opportunity to join a Big Brother style mentoring program. From soup kitchens to mentorship, there's nothing quite as fulfilling as giving back to the community, and I do mean that very sincerely. I would challenge you to find a volunteer opportunity in your area to accomplish that mission and not walk away feeling a little more full than you were before you arrived. In other news, the new role with Fresh Freight is going extremely well, and if you're interested in the commercial transportation industry, check out FreshFreight.com for links to videos, articles, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, and what have you nots for a plethora of videos from yours truly and the team. Another cool side project I'm working on when not doing office or school work is a journaling series. I'm working on several, quote, 30 days of leveling up unquote, journals in a handful of different areas such as physical, financial, and mental fitness. They will have a daily level up challenge, a passage, a handful of tangible, easy to access resources, and of course, a journaling prompt for each day. And I am super pumped up about these, not only because I want to get them in your hands and help level you up, but because I want them in my hands and I'm all about leveling up. I hope to share some more info with you soon. But enough of that, let's dive into the meat and potatoes of the episode, the first few chapters of the book. Drum roll, please. Ah, turns out we don't have drums. To the book. Before we start, for the podcast listeners, the audio version of this is going to be a little different than how the natural book is navigated. So in the book, there is a page, How to Navigate This Book, and I'm going to read that to you now. Each chapter is a true story. Many stories are omitted, but those with purposeful life lessons are shared pulled from a section in my journey. I attempted to make the journey read in a linear format, beginning with the beginning and ending with the present. Throughout each chapter, some passages will be marked with an asterisk. This asterisk represents a silver lining lesson that stemmed from that experience. Each chapter will end with a silver lining section that shares some of the life lessons I gained from that experience. So, to the listeners, please note that I will not be calling out these asterisks. 
and I will call out the silver linings, and hopefully you catch that. It might not make as much sense as I would like it to in the audio format, but we're going to give it a shot nonetheless. And without further ado, we're going to dive into the book. Silver Linings, Finding Growth Within Dysfunction, authored by Jacob Fry, copyrighted by Evolve and Elevate LLC, all rights reserved. Dedication, dedicated to anyone needing confidence in this fact. We can conquer what is behind to improve what is ahead. Introduction. Consider for a moment that each event in your life occurs because the universe or a higher power is trying to guide you indirectly, provoke you even to realize your best self. Let's start with a reflection on what we, quote, know, unquote. Reflect on the extreme impossibility that you, or I, as a conscious being, even exist. Without diving into the still massively unknown variable that life is, let's talk current science. Out of hundreds of millions of potential conceptions, you are the only one to survive the trek to the egg and create life. You may decide to call it a lucky roll of the cosmic dice, but I am convinced that there is much more to this journey than luck. Our individual journeys are much like that original journey to the egg. We are released into a world of unknowns, racing to the proverbial finish line, hoping to, quote, win, unquote, life. Our individual life journey is glittered with numerous epic adventures, peaks of adrenaline, valleys of suffering, all of which we, you, are the protagonist. In our individual story, we are the one, the most important individual in our lives. Did you know we share the planet with 7.67 billion humans, yet we still navigate life as if our daily monologue is the ultimate? Each of us faces our own individual trials, fights our own demons, and does our best to continue putting one foot in front of the other every day. And yet, almost universally, we cover our hardships with the help of a mask we have built up over a lifetime of experiences. However, there are those that have elevated their mindset and recognize that not only is this life a gift, it is an opportunity, an opportunity to relish in every moment, an opportunity to drop the mask, accept our past, accept our failings, and conquer the conditioning that often dictates our life path. When that conditioning is conquered and the other 7 billion individuals are recognized for the miracle they also are, our approach to life shifts. We understand that all other sentient beings suffer, love, anger, endure trials, and battle with their own ego. The situational experiences vary, but the emotions, the physical sensation, and the consciousness of being are universal. These universal experiences are the same regardless of geographical location, in language spoken, the religion followed, skin pigment, or any other differentiating variable. Despite different foundations and different resources, we still navigate our journeys with the same overall emotions, senses, and functions. The billionaire flying a rocket still experiences the same emotions as the family trying to scrounge to pay the rent. I have been blessed to have suffered enough to appreciate the better things in life, lucky enough to have had my heart broken enough to enjoy love, and struggled hard enough to enjoy relaxation. Happiness is immeasurable without something sad to contrast it against. I was once an individual that was entirely controlled by my ego, and this led to significant unnecessary suffering in both the mind and body. When one is focused on their individual suffering, the world becomes a dark place. In making the shift from a suffering, internally focused ego to a grateful, externally focused individual, my entire life changed. I transformed my health, intelligence, and wealth. 
My finances, relationships, and self-appreciation all shifted in a positive direction. Each day became a love affair with me and the world. Having this shift in knowing, I want to do all I can to help others open their minds to the gift of life and share the abundance I found in my personal journey. If you follow the scientific perspective, you are a grand impossibility, odds of conception, within a colossal improbability, creation of life. If you believe in grand creation, then this life was gifted to you for a purpose, and you should indeed relish in each moment. If you're agnostic, no matter, you may change your mind down the road, and if not, at a minimum, you will likely find a handful of interesting stories in the pages that follow. For myself, after navigating a few loops in the roller coaster we call life, I sincerely believe that this life is a miraculous gift. I believe we each have the ability to become the best individual possible tomorrow if we will only accept this gift, conquer the past, adopt a growth mindset, and work diligently today. In the pages that follow my personal journey from conception to present, life required numerous failures, days of darkness, and some hopeless drifting to finally break my ego enough to push me to seek more. My experiences within are not all family-friendly, and this is an upfront warning to be aware of this dynamic. Additionally, please know that while this book covers many of the dark moments in my journey, I did not lack some pretty awe-inspiring moments. The intention of this book is to help lift the mass some and reveal the half less portrayed to the public in our journey. It is to reveal the false truths imprinted upon us, especially troubled youth, that we are limited or our world is limited. I recall navigating mental illnesses that impacted close family, addictions that ruined lives, pain suffered unneedlessly, and family that seemed more like enemies. Numerous experiences that appear dysfunctional and traumatizing at first glance, when held under the microscope of a growth mindset, hold within themselves a valuable lesson to help us elevate our life at another point in time. After all, As children, we can only see as far as others allow us to see. Conception In the year 1992, two individuals, whom I will not name to protect their integrity, made each other's acquaintance at an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Quote, Mom, unquote, and, quote, Dad, unquote, were sitting within an ad hoc circle formed to create an open setting and encourage open discussion. The intention of the group was centered on Mom. She was a young woman, 16 years of age, with bright blue eyes and long blonde hair. She was telling the story of her personal experience with alcohol and the problems it had brought into her life up until that point. Her father was an alcoholic who spent much of his time in local bars. In fact, at one point as a young child, she recalled he had owned a small bar and she would sneak sips of beer from unwitting patrons. She had spent the last couple of years in a foster home, her life a general mess after her parents had split up. Her father had moved on to another woman, had another daughter, and overall was content without her in his life. Despite this dynamic, she craved her father's love, and this became a pattern for her in her later life. A few years ago, she had overdosed on pills and alcohol. This event earned her a bed in foster care. She began sneaking out of her foster home and getting into trouble. She was drinking and began experimenting with drugs at an early age. The foster home relocated her to Clinton, Illinois, from her hometown in Quincy, Illinois. The goal was to get her away from the, quote, bad crowds, unquote, she knew, and the family dysfunction. Without other outlets to help her ease the troubles in her life, she attempted leaning on alcohol to help ease the individual suffering she felt due to the lack of stability in her life. This had brought her to the AA meeting, a requirement of her new foster home. The group thanked her for sharing her story, and after a brief pause, Dad introduced himself. 
He was a soldier currently doing National Guard non-active duty service following his return from an active duty deployment in Germany. He had first been introduced to alcohol as a teenager as well. His justification for drinking early in life was that if he was old enough to serve, he was also old enough to be served. But alcohol had become a controlling factor in his life. He found himself buying case after case of beer regularly. The attraction to alcohol was causing visible disruption in his life. Something about the mutually shared suffering between mom and dad brought them together that night. Mom was attracted to the soldier, a uniform similar to the one her father had worn in the past. Dad was always seeking to be the hero, wanting to save her from the unnecessary pain in her life. The two had a platonic relationship for a couple of years until Mom became an adult and was released from foster care. Moving back to Quincy, Mom returned to her hometown. Dad chased her. Dad convinced Mom to move in with them back in the area they had met. She loved him, and he loved her. It was difficult for her to say no. Living together, they made the decision they wanted to have a family. And out of millions of potential personalities, out of numerous possible beings that could have been conceived, that specific day, I was one in millions of combatants fighting for the egg, and I won. Mom and Dad both did their best to create and maintain an environment that would be ideal for welcoming their little miracle into the world. In May of 1993, I was removed from Mom's belly via C-section, and as I was pulled into the world, Mom was pushed into depression. As the dust settled, life around the homestead began to develop patterns, and Mom missed the spontaneity of her life in her hometown. Mom was unable to continue at the current pace and decided to take a sabbatical of sorts to visit her family back in Quincy. Leaving me with Dad and her mother-in-law, who happened to be an excellent Sunday school teacher, Mom left a visit with, quote, family, unquote, and, quote, friends, unquote. These two words have a special emphasis for Mom because in most situations, they are generally positive influences in one's life. But for Mom, friends and family were often issuing her regular servings of undue suffering. As such, during her trip home, she immediately broke her sobriety. Not only drinking, but indulging in some serious drug abuse so serious that she would not return to see me nor dad for nearly a month. And when she did finally make it to the trek home, unknown to her, she was carrying another miracle, my baby brother. Mom was unable to revert back into the rhythm of life with dad and me. The roller coaster of emotions she experienced in Quincy had been swimming in her mind, reminding her of her dull home life. The desire to escape the mundane led to extreme tension between my parents. These standoffs led to unnecessary emotional damage for them both. The daily struggle of working at a factory trying to keep family finances stable and juggling mom's mood swings became overwhelming for dad. He desired an escape too, and unfortunately, the best escape he knew of was alcohol. The return of alcoholism to the house brought further negativity into their world. Not too much time later, mom had six spells and a reality check caught up with her. She was significantly late in having her period, following a handful of doctor visits, coupled with the lacking intimacy in their relationship, it was clear to them both that the child was not dad's. Realizing this truth, a rift began growing between them both. Dad torn, broken-hearted, mom regretful, guilt abundant. Yet, they mutually agreed that my brother would enter into this world as dad's son. My mother, eternally grateful for in truth, she was not sure who was my brother's father, and until this day, we still do not know nor care. 
Fast forward about a year past my brother's conception, and mom was regularly visiting home and family again. She was escaping her home life with long nights and hard drugs. On one return home, visibly drained from her self-abuse, dad issued an ultimatum. Stay with him, get clean, return to AA, together, or separate. Dad was a strong man, but he was still a man and had a breaking point. He could not bear to see the damage mom inflicted on herself, nor the resentment she carried regarding her life situation. He could not handle her disappearances, sometimes weeks, unknown to him her whereabouts or assurance of safety. Mom had been seeking an escape route for some time, her mind firmly under the control of her vices. Mom chose to leave and to move back home with my brother and myself. A joint custody agreement was put into place and we would only spend summertime with Dad for the next decade or so. End of chapter Silver Linings It's easy to fall into, quote, ruts, unquote, when life becomes a repeating pattern. These ruts can lead to a loss of interest in the daily experience of life. Be sure to shake things up, just as with juices, separation is natural. Numbing the impact of pain with external band-aids, such as drugs, alcohol, food, often leads to a situation worse than the one we were originally seeking to avoid. End of the first chapter. Let's talk briefly on some of the thoughts shared in the introduction in chapter one. Something that stood out to me as I was reading were the words, quote, in making the shift from a suffering internally focused ego to a grateful externally focused individual, my entire life changed, unquote. I feel this needs to be elaborated. In my experience, when I am down, depressed, anxious, or any other form of negative mood, it is usually because I am intensely focused on myself. I'm swimming around in my proverbial mind pool of self-woes. And the larger one splashes around in there, the more the negative is amplified. When I climb out of the pool and focus on the external, such as others' needs, others' feelings, or perhaps my capacity to impact another positively and I take action towards that, my personal suffering subsides. My best advice, if you're stuck in a pool of self-woes, or perhaps an ocean depending on the scenario, is to go outside and get outside of yourself. On an immediate level, go out and get out of the mind and into the body. A cold shower or a sprint until you can't breathe. No matter what you're doing, movement has a huge impact on your mental state. The body has a powerful ability to subtract from that negativity the more you add positivity or movement to it. Also, the words, quote, as children, we can only see as far as others allow us to see, unquote, hit me pretty hard this time around. This was the definition of my childhood until my teenage years. Four walls, my entire world tied up in the small town I lived in, and the small mindsets I lived around. And it's the same for many children and lives across the world. If we could open up the vast world to these children and others, their lives would significantly improve. When you see the world and the adventures possible and they're visible, it's much more difficult to stay negative or pessimistic about the outlook or opportunities in life. To piggyback on that thought, if you find yourself falling into a rut, shake things up, experience something new. I was recently introduced into bouldering and indoor rock climbing, and it was extremely fun, and it opened up my world to many new adventures to be had with both the body and with the outdoors. 
And with that, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll come back to the next few chapters next week. And I hope you have a phenomenal week. This is Jake signing off. And remember, when things are looking down, you always have the choice to stay up.